All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that the listener was interested in. They went to our website, techgumbo.net, and they submitted a question on the question of the week tab. And this week's question is, Last week, you talked about the iPhone 15. This week, Apple released the iOS 17. Should I upgrade? Our answer here is our, our pretty stock standard answer, and that's very rarely should you upgrade immediately. Normally, you give it a week, maybe two weeks, and then you'll upgrade. You never want to be the first in line for an upgrade when it comes to anything technologies. Let somebody else go take those hits. Let them take the punches. There's always the first week or two reports of this being clunky, that not working right, this blowing something up. Just sit this one out. Probably the first week of October would be a great time to go to iOS 17. Totally agree. iOS 17, it's going to have some, you know, some new stuff in it. There's nothing on here that I'm banging down the door for. There's nothing here that I, I'm saying, oh, I, I I need this tomorrow. Some of the stuff I'm saying, why did you need a full iOS update for this? Why couldn't you just push this separately? But, you know, it's, it's some good stuff here and there. We're going to have interactive widgets. Okay. That's something I need. I Do you even use regular widgets? No. <laughs> Do you even know where to go find widgets or how to explore them? Not a clue. And so of the of the top 20 features that are going to be part of iOS 17, I promise you I may use two of them, and I won't use them on a regular basis. Some of them are passive stuff, like autocorrect is getting better. Apparently they're going to build in some of their large language models. A Siri is apparently getting better. And so you don't really have to opt into those. Those are just kind of by default. But stuff like you can now FaceTime while you're watching Apple TV. Okay, I, I have yet to really feel like this is a great option. If you're watching TV synced with someone else and you have the camera going, it's, it's really just not the same as having them in the same room. You'd be better off both you watch the show and then you hop on a call afterwards to talk about it. Yeah, the, the autocorrect thing, that's got me interested because you know, when you get mad and you bang out that text message that sounds a lot like duck and it changes it to duck, well, it's not going to change it to duck anymore. Some of the other ones, you can now 
send a FaceTime video message instead of just an audio message. You know, that's that's cool. It's kind of interesting. Again, why was this not already a feature? Uh, this feels like something you should have been able to do and maybe just something that you could have done independently of a whole iOS upgrade. But it's kind of neat. And it's just a, it's a bunch of small little stuff here and there where it's like, OK, well, I guess that that's that's fine. I'm That's cool. Yeah, there's also you're going to be able to share contact information by tapping the top, the tops of the two phones together instead of using the the airtime feature, which I don't know why you really need to tap my phone next to your phone to swap that information. But OK. Because it has a cool animation and sound. Oh, OK. Now I get it. That's what it. I, I've, I've been missing that in my life all these years. Thank goodness I will finally have that. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where we are, is that it feels a lot like the unveiling of the iPhone 15 and that it's a bunch of small features wherever. OK, like, I'm glad you did it. This does feel like it adds something, but none of these features are really game breaking. None of them are game changing. None of them are that impressive. And it's just tiny incremental things. And this is just kind of where we are in smartphones right now is that it's all just trudging along we really haven't innovated since the jobs died to be honest and that's been a decade now yeah and even the the samsung phones that fold in half a bunny mine has the clamshell and it's okay I, I think it's still another two generations away from really being worth it interestingly they were very popular in korea whenever i was in korea i saw them all the time and I think in New York City, I've seen maybe four total people with them. Let me get this right. A Samsung product was really popular in Korea. That is the, how this is shaken out. Glad you picked up on that. And so there will be enough people buying it. They are going to continue to make them. And maybe two to four years from now, they'll be worth checking out. But for now, they're still not that great. And even then, they're just moving the screen around. That's not a huge innovation. And so smartphones are really just kind of in a rut right now and will be for the time being. So thank you for the question. We will be sending out that Tech Gumbo mug for free. If you would like a Tech Gumbo mug, please go to our website, techgumbo.net. And... Go over to the question of the week tab and you see that picture of that big, beautiful mug. We would love to send one to you if you'll just submit a question to us. And if we use that question, the mug is yours. Our big story this week revolves around the cyber attacks of the hotels. The MGM and the Caesar Hotel in Vegas both got hit pretty hard. Yeah, this was a really big big deal because to the point where the whole hotel shut down, people who use their smartphones as their hotel keys got locked out of their room. All the video poker machines, all the, the video slot machines all were offline. And the only games that were people could play were the ones that where they literally were rolling the dice across the table or they were playing cards. Anything electronic was offline. Which is fascinating because you would think that the hotel key system and the video poker system 
are pretty far apart inside of your internal computer system. They're not going to be near each other, which means whoever unleashed this cyber attack was deep. Because if you'd have told me that the, the video poker system and something else inside of the gambling aspect itself had both been taken offline, I said, okay, that makes sense. But to hit the deep parts of the hotel and the casino simultaneously, they had their run. Which is really, really interesting to me because there's a technology called a virtual local area network or a VLAN. And you purposefully isolate different areas of your network using these virtual local area networks. So you don't have those problems. So the hotel doors would be on their own separate VLAN and the video poker machines and the video slot machines. And, and then all of every one of the different devices should the Wi-Fi system, everything should be on a separate network using these virtual local area networks. And for, and I'm sure they had them, but that's how deep that they got behind even all of the VLANs to shut everything down. This was a very, very sophisticated system. Yes. And there's, it was also social engineering was involved and they must have spent a lot of time, a lot of effort. These were targeted attacks. This was not just the kind of ransomware because there's some ransomwares that is just kind of scattershot. It's you, it's a shotgun blast, and you just see who gets hit on the other side. That is what's going to affect the average person like you and me. A w- email comes across, and you accidentally click the wrong button. That's not what this was. This was very specific. They'd spent a lot of time and a lot of effort to understand the exact nuances and the exact architecture of these casinos in order to get something this big and this detailed. To give you a comparison, this is almost like the Ocean's Eleven movie. That's how deep this thing went. And the FBI thinks it was a group called Scattered Spider and also maybe Black Cat or Alf V, however you pronounce that. Of course, the the representative for Scattered Spider has denied this because Scattered Spider group has a representative, apparently. It was also important to note that these were ransomware attacks. And so the MGM Resort actually did pay part of the ransom in order to try and get some of their stuff back. Yes, the Wall Street Journal said Caesars, who also had the same attack, paid $30 million for their ransom, and which was about half of what was initially being asked for. And again, that's the first thing the FBI says is don't pay the money, don't pay the money. But yet here are these two big high-profile ransom attacks both paid the money. I think there's also something about the scale here in that whenever someone is specifically going after the casino, it likely is possible that you can get someone on the other end of that. That it's not like whenever, again, you or I, the, the small individual, they don't care enough to send our stuff back. But... Whenever they have all of the data that that the casinos have, it is worth that $30 million paycheck. Because, again, if you're not in the U.S., $30 million goes a very long way. Even if you are in the U.S., it goes pretty far, too. But if you are sitting in, you know, Eastern Europe somewhere, you're sitting in China, you're sitting in North Korea, 
that money feeds a lot of families. The Cyber Security and Information Security Agency did come out and say, hey, look, we're very, very happy and, and want to put a lot of praise on the, both of these casinos because they were very, very transparent, very upfront, quick to say, we've got a problem here. We need some help. And, and so they got the, the, the FBI, the, the you know, CISA involved, did the right things to let everybody know what was going on. Yes, but it also shows the problems and the scale of how difficult this is. Because you have to know that casinos have been targeted in the past. They are just banks that people have less sympathy for. There is a lot of money here. And so the challenges in defending networks like this, whenever you have it all linked together, you can put in a lot of those different types of redundant securities like that virtual local area network that you mentioned. But whenever someone is dedicated enough and motivated enough, they can still get past all your layers of security. Or if you were repairing one of these devices and you were an employee, a rogue employee who injected a little bit of code because, oh, let's say you took a $100,000 payment to put that code in the device that you were working on that would launch six months later after it was online. Because there is a large amount of social engineering that was suspected. And so whenever you have something like the hospitality industry, which and you know all these video uh, game machines at casinos, those are necessarily social facing. Those are necessarily, you're gonna have a lot of people touching them day in and day out. And so, you have a lot of employees and you're going to have turnover inside of your industry. You're not going to be able to check everyone perfectly. And it only takes, you know, maybe it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of setup, but you can sit there and you can hack into these devices because also not only does the casino have a lot of money, the guests also have a lot of money. Customer information is another one of the things that the hackers were able to fish out of this breach. That's right. The chief security officer for Otka, which is a company that does some cybersecurity work for these casinos, said that they, the, the intrusion affected hundreds of companies and this was really going after a whole lot of people that it was it wasn't just about the money yeah this is alpha has claimed for it uh you know scattered spider has said they didn't do it so it's a little unclear as exactly how these two organizations relate to each other but you know this is the type of thing that we can see going forward the you brought up Ocean's Eleven earlier. We won't see bank heists. We won't see the uh, all the different team up movies. It'll now just be you know eleven guys sitting at their keyboards on a foreign continent, and this the same outcome here. Yes. So the last story we wanted to get to was something that was leaked. It was a little bit of information that came out due to a public records request. Turns out Microsoft is, was kind of in a buying mood a few years ago. They had gone after some reasonable-sized companies. They ended up trying to buy Activision Blizzard. And at the time, we were fairly positive on that move. It made a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons. 
But it turns out they were looking at a lot of places. They were looking at Valve, who's a fairly decent-sized company. They were looking at the video game branch of Warner Brothers, which is a fairly decent-sized company. Oh, and by the way, they were also looking at Nintendo. That's right. They were they wanted Mario and Luigi to to be running Windows, not just on the Nintendo gaming system anymore. And this is the type of move which is incredible to me because it completely says you do not think that antitrust laws exist. It's one thing to say, okay, Activision Blizzard, they're not large enough. You know, they're really, they don't compete directly. You can sit there and you can make the arguments for it. And in some ways, we on this show did. Because Activision Blizzard was going to enhance their portfolio, not, not take out a whole competitor. But Nintendo is a direct competitor. Yes. Nintendo makes full consoles, which do go head up against the Xbox console. Nintendo has their own online product, which competes with the Microsoft online gaming product. This is a complete rival company. This is Home Depot trying to buy Lowe's. And it really makes me a lot more skeptical of Microsoft going forward. That's you're not just trying to be the good person that you were claiming to be. This was Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer was sending some emails back and forth, and these emails got released. In part of the, the FTC versus Microsoft lawsuit, and he was sending an email, just a, a random thought. What if Microsoft wanted to buy Nintendo? Would you be interested? And he didn't just kind of throw that out there Microsoft's board had already fully supported the idea. And he said it would be a career moment for him. So again, this is not just something that was, you know, kicked around in a meeting one time. This was something he was very clearly interested in and had gotten high levels of support for. That really shows that this was Microsoft trying to make a large power play. And had they actually tried to go through with buying Nintendo, we would be having a much different conversation. Yeah, Spencer noted that, look, Nintendo had a whole lot of money and they weren't really looking to make any deals. Their stockholders were, were very happy with the way things were. Nintendo didn't take the nibble. They weren't really interested in the whole thing. But it's just fascinating that when you have two massive whales floating around out there and one decides it wants to eat the other one. Yeah, that's definitely would make a much different case for regulation, a much different case for how the Justice Department and the FTC should look at this from, again, the monopolies and the antitrust cases. And it's one of the things that we have to look at these tech giants. If Microsoft wanted to be better at their office suite, go ahead, Microsoft. That is your core business. But sitting there and trying to expand horizontally, that is what creates these tech giants. And they just keep swallowing and swallowing and swallowing. That is the thing which makes me believe they're squashing innovation. 
And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there... Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.